Welcome to the MRC Talks podcast, bringing you news and views from across the Medical Research Council community. I'm Isabel Harding. Helping young people affected by poor mental health is one of the main aims of the MRC's updated strategy for lifelong mental health research. And one of the ways scientists are doing this is through the use of digital technology. Scientists from the University of Manchester have developed a smartphone app to help people with psychosis and results from the proof of concept trial are promising. Hasina Sikrani talks to clinical psychologist and senior lecturer Dr Sandra Bucci, who led the trial, about the development of this app. Psychosis is a mental health condition that causes people to perceive or interpret things differently from those around them. This might involve hallucinations or delusions. There are effective treatments. Psychosis can be treated with a combination of medication and psychosocial interventions, like talking therapies. But when working as a clinician, Sandra saw that people with mental health conditions often struggle to access the care they need. This might be because they didn't quite meet the criteria for the service, due to lack of resources, or sometimes they felt there was a stigma attached that would stop them reaching out for help. She was worried that if her patients started to show signs of relapse in between their scheduled appointments, they wouldn't be able to get the help they need. We know that mental health problems don't just happen within business hours, they happen around the clock and they in fact often happen outside of the hours that services are open. And so Given the huge rise in smartphone technology, Sandra and her team saw this as a way to provide extra support for people with psychosis. As technology is such a big part of our lives, especially for young people, she thought an app could feel familiar and be convenient for them. So we started out, first of all, by talking to service users themselves about what they felt about apps, um, whether they wanted to use it in the context of their healthcare, um, what they thought the benefits might be, and also what some of the drawbacks might be. From there, she teamed up with the Computer Science Department at the University of Manchester, and together they created ActAssist. This app isn't designed to replace initial diagnosis and treatment, but aims to support people with experience of psychosis. And so we know psychosis doesn't necessarily happen out of the blue. There's usually some signs uh, leading up to an episode or apparent, and these are called early warning signs. By developing an app that targets the signs of relapse, Sandra and the team are hoping to empower people with psychosis with the choice to receive treatment in real time. Sandra opened up the app to talk me through it. This is the app and it's broken down into two main sections. The first section is about focusing in on the key relapse indicators. And so the areas that we focus on are symptoms themselves and in particular paranoia. Or hearing voices something called socialisation. Because people experiencing psychosis sometimes feel that it's hard to get out and about. Um, we focus in on something called expressed emotion, which in particular is the feeling that you've been criticised by people who are important. Um, and then another important factor that affects relapse in psychosis is cannabis use. So the app also aims to help people with these experiences. So people have the option to choose one or more of these different aspects and once they focus in on that they work through a series of question answer exchanges which then determines 
different coping strategies or tips or suggestions that people receive to help manage what they're struggling with. So for example, if someone's feeling particularly paranoid, they answer a series of questions about how bothered they feel by their suspicious thoughts, what the worst thing has been about the particular thought that they've been having. The app uses very simple language with text written in bold font across the top of the screen. For the question, how much have you been bothered by voices? It gives four options, ranging from not at all to extremely. The next question asks, what has been the worst thing about your voices? It gives options such as, I can't control them and they know everything. And then a sliding scale on the next screen asks, how much do you believe this? So people may often say that they feel like people are against them or that people are out to get them. They then rate how much they believe this to be the case um, with the hope that as they engage in the intervention, their conviction rating will be lower than what it was at the start of the trial. And so once they've been through these series of question and answer exchanges, they then get some tips and some strategies on how they might manage the distressing experiences that they've had. The other aspect to the app is that there's this repository of multimedia material that people can access at any point at any time in the day. So these are things like relaxation exercises, mindfulness exercises. There are a whole host of fact sheets that people can access. The fact sheets cover a wide range of information, from alcohol and cannabis use, to self-esteem, anxiety or mood support, and to physical health support. Sandra took me through several information screens. Uh, there are also links to external websites. So we've got links to some TED Talks that are really relevant. Um, we also have some recovery stories that people have filmed for us and that instills the hope of recovery. It was vital for the app to be based on evidence. That's why Sandra and her team spent six months talking to service users, studying literature and integrating key concepts of cognitive behavioural therapy. One of the issues with apps currently is that there are lots of apps available for mental health, but they don't necessarily have a rigorous evidence base behind them. MRC funding allowed Sandra and her team to trial the app under rigorous scientific conditions. The aim was to determine how safe it would be to use, how easy and how acceptable it was for service users who would be using the app. We conducted a small trial, a pilot trial, where we gave 24 people with uh, psychosis the ActAssist app and uh, another group of people another app called ClinTouch, which is a symptom monitoring app to compare the difference between groups. Uptake to the trial was high. No one withdrew from the ActAssist arm of the trial and while the team are in the process of analysing the data, the overall feedback has been positive. 75% of participants used the app at least once a day over the 12-week intervention period, and 90% said that they would recommend it to others in a similar position. The results from this proof-of-concept trial will now be tested in a full-blown MRC-funded 1.6 million programme of work. With this in mind, I asked Sandra what she feels the future holds for digital technology within a healthcare setting. 
I envisage the use of digital technology as offering people another choice of the healthcare package they receive. So if people want to engage with apps, for example, rather than clinicians face-to-face, -face, then that's a choice that we can offer people. If people want to use apps in the context of working with the clinician that can facilitate shared decision-making, then I think that should be an option that people have to draw on. People may not want to engage with apps or technology at all, and that's also okay and that's the person's choice. I'd like to see that more formalised and I would like to see clinicians prescribing apps that we know are safe to use, that we know have an evidence base behind them. That's all from this episode. Read more about Sandra's work on our blog, insight.mrc.ac.uk and on our website, mrc.ukri.org forward slash mental health. You can hear more on mental health research in episode 11. I talked to Professor Alan Stein about his work helping mothers with depression in South Africa. If you have any feedback or ideas for future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Email me at isabel.harding at mrc.ukri.org. Thanks for listening.